Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Life's challenges are not supposed to paralyze you. They are supposed to help you discover who you are. And that's a quote by Bernice Johnson Reagan. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. Today's episode might be a little bit different because my guest focuses on success from a deeper level than I think we usually talk about. And I'm super excited to share her with you. Um, Before I introduce her, I want to be sure that you join my private group in Facebook. It's called The Profitable Photographer. And I'd love if you'd ask a question. And also be sure to go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I. And there's a couple of gifts that you can um, grab there. And of course, then you'll get a little more information here and there uh, if you sign up for that. So my guest today is Anya Volovic, and she's an empowerment coach, a somatic release facilitator. Ooh, I can't wait to find out what that is. She's a soul expressing photographer and an international speaker. She's committed to breaking through social conditioning and living life on her own terms. And in 2019, Anya was diagnosed with brain cancer and had an opportunity to put all of her skills into practice. A month after brain surgery, all her scans came back clear. Yay! (laughs) So she didn't need chemo or radiation. She navigated through that experience full of trust and surrender. She fully understands the power of the body-mind connection and guides others to dance through any storm life offers. And I think you'll find it pretty interesting how this all can connect to our businesses. And so welcome, Anya. I'm really excited about the serendipity of how I found you and that I get to share you with my listeners. So thanks for being on the show. Happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. So um, tell me a little bit about your background in photography or business or whatever. I started my business in 2012. So it's coming up on 10 years now. Um, and it's it varied. At first, I started off photographing women. So it was more about empowerment sessions. Um, and then when I moved to San Diego about six years ago, I shifted into branding photography. So being in a new place, I shifted my focus as well. And so why did you make that shift? Mainly because I saw how many entrepreneurs are in San Diego and the need for branding photography. Now it's very popular, but six years ago, it was just the beginning. So mm-hmm. it was like literally being in the middle of, in, in the middle and also in front of all of my ideal clients needing what I want, what I'm offering versus mm-hmm. trying to talk them into buying it. Right. Yeah. I remember it was about seven years ago that, uh, one of my friends said that she was switching to branding photography. And I was like, what? 
and she said that her starting package was a thousand dollars and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) and since then you know it's really become a beautiful new service Mm-hmm. that we're offering and yes in san diego we have a lot of entrepreneurs um because why wouldn't people live here if they're right. into living the good life exactly um so what is a soul expression photographer the way that i'm positioning my sessions is that it's not just about photos but rather how can we create an experience where your soul comes forward and you feel fully self-expressed so it's not from the head thinking but rather your heart and your soul and having that guide you and having that guide your business as well having i'm sorry having what guide you your soul okay I thought that's what you meant. So how do you, how do you do a soul expression <laughs> session? That sounds super fun. I don't know if it's possible to put it, to break it down and say, this is, this is how, like break up the steps, step-by-step process. Um, I think it's just an innate ability within me to fully see whoever's in front of me and not see them as just a client, but rather look deeper and ask more evoking questions. So that way I'm understanding them on a deeper level and Mm -hmm. I'm helping them see themselves. Mm -hmm. So are you doing this while you're photographing or this is something as you're planning it and kind of in between? I would say both. So before every single session, I usually do a soul expression strategy session. I call it a soul call, Um, just playing on words. And in that session, like the first hour, we just focus on what makes you you? What do you love about yourself? What characteristics and traits within yourself do you want to show so that way you can connect with the people that you're meant to work with, especially as it comes with branding? I love that. I um, One of the things that I teach is to have uh, emotional conversations that get people in touch with the love that they have for the subjects. If, if mm-hmm. we're doing pets or kids or family or even individuals. Um, so it's kind of on the same line, but since you're doing individuals, um, I see how it's that next level could really be a beautiful experience for people. Do you call yourself an empath? Do you kind of get in other people's skins, feel what they're feeling? I would say I have empathetic um, qualities within me. I'm very intuitive, but I don't necessarily like to label myself. There are qualities within me that support this work, of course. And I think that as a service provider and especially as a photographer, it's such a vulnerable place for the clients to be in that we get to also be vulnerable and allow ourselves to fully feel what the client is feeling. I love that. Anya, you always say things in a way that resonate with me that I think, gosh, I've never thought of it that way or said it that way. And, um, but I'm sure that, that the listeners are, are like, yeah, it is vulnerable to be photographed. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, I, you know, recognize that we are vulnerable when we're in front of a client and 
we're kind of, it's kind of like improv where we're, we're trying to share our heart and our creativity and connect to theirs. So um, yeah, hearing all of that makes me really happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think creativity in general is such a vulnerable place to be in. As an artist, even calling yourself an artist, which photographers are, I think a lot of photographers have this stigma of claiming that and mm -hmm. saying that you're an artist is a very vulnerable step forward as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. I think uh, in our society, in the Western world specifically, being an artist is not seen as a real profession. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen in the past and also when I transitioned from my previous profession into photography, there was a lot of fear present as to, can I really make photography a business? Is this really a business? So there was a lot of comparison and wanting to create something because I, it was a calling. It wasn't a strategic step-by-step -step process of this is my life plan. It was really a soul calling. And with that, there's a lot of doubt and fear that was coming up as to what will people think? Or mm -hmm. can I even make money from this? Mm -hmm. Photography is a hobby. Can you really make a business out of it? So all of those conversations were coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so um, know what you're talking about. When I started uh, many, many, many years ago, I it felt like what you just said, a soul calling. and I, I don't know about you, but I had so many people say I was crazy. It's too competitive. Mm -hmm. you no, know, you can't make money. Haven't you heard of starving artists? And I just knew there's something in me. I can, if I think about it, I can feel it kind of from the, the little hollow above my breastbone all the okay. way down to my solar plexus. This yeah. like, yes, this is the thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? You know that? Yeah, space? definitely. Yeah. And that's like the little quiet voice that keeps whispering, keep going when your head is trying to, or your ego is trying to prevent you from doing something new. Mm. And you get to keep trusting the little voice because the little voice is the intuition, is the higher guidance that is knowing more than we know and guiding us along the way. So your head, I really like that. Your head and your ego keep trying to quiet the little voice. Well, the ego is afraid of anything new because it thinks that anything new, it signifies as death. So mm -hmm. in order to prevent it from, or prevent us from dying, it wants to prevent anything that feels new. So anything outside of the comfort zone is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as a coach, as I have the same um, challenges sometimes with people who are afraid to take the steps that can make all the difference in the world in them getting to their dreams. Do you mm -hmm. have any advice for me as a coach of how to help people get past that basically fear of death is what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know big ways little ways 
I would say a lot of fears that we as adults experience could be connected to something that happened in our childhood. And mm -hmm. if it was never acknowledged or processed, then it's just going to keep on growing, growing, growing. And then we're taking on as that's our identity. That's mm -hmm. how we are versus looking and finding the original incident and trying to process it. So that way we are looking at the root cause rather than the surface. So if a client, for example, is experiencing some type of fear in the present day, it's probably, it's most likely tied into something that happened to them at a very young age. And if we actually start to process that original incident that happened at a very young age, then we can actually heal and transmute whatever fear is present in the present day. Mm. So this kind of then moves me right to the next conversation that I wanted to have with you that we, we had when we initially kind of chatted about uh, you being on the show and what topics we might cover is that I know that you have a strong belief opinion that being in business, being self-employed is a beautiful way to grow ourselves as humans. Mm -hmm. Did I explain that well? Is that, and that as we grow as humans, our business gets better or as we heal our past. So yeah, the way that I see it is that being in business and being an entrepreneur is actually the best personal development work you can do because all of your shadows, all of your doubts, all of your fears will come up and the way that you navigate through it and the way that you dance through it will indicate whether or not the business succeeds or whether your ego or your shadow will win over. So mm -hmm. you will either stop your business and go back to nine to five or you will actually look at whatever triggers, whatever fears are coming up, and you're going to get curious and try to process them and look at the entire entrepreneurial journey and your business as a spiritual assignment. Mm. So can you share a story or an example of something that came up with a business with either you or someone that you worked with or someone you know and how that curiosity and getting past it and through it um, help them in the bigger scheme, which is to me having happiness in life. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of words. But anyway, tell us <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the most common themes that I that I see in my clients is not believing that they can do it especially mm -hmm. as they first get started. So it's the imposter syndrome. It's the comparison of where they think they should be or looking at their colleagues and thinking that they should be there as well. So the way that one would, if you relate as a listener, the, the way that you can navigate that is to look as how you can connect deeper to yourself. So that way that trust and belief in what's possible is cultivated within yourself and not look at the amount of likes or comments or clients as a measure of your worth. So this all comes back to worthiness and how you see yourself. So if you feel like you're not worthy, then that will show up in your business as well. And then you will start to make assumptions 
about yourself and keep proving yourself right that you're not worthy by looking at the statistics, by looking at how many likes you get on a photo, how many uh, comments you get, and you're going to tell yourself that you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, and you shouldn't even be in business. Mm -hmm versus finding that worthiness within yourself and not have it be connected to anything outside of you. Do you have a couple of tips um, or tools to help you begin to see your own worthiness and focus inward as opposed to outward? That's a really great question. Um, I would say it's, it's such a broad question and it's so big and for every single person it varies, but I will share a few different things that have worked for me really well and mm -hmm. that I rely on and are co completely non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. So number one thing is meditation. I meditate every single day. And even when I was in the hospital diagnosed with cancer, I was still meditating sometimes even twice a day. Mm -hmm. And not to say that it's for everyone, however, every single person would benefit from spending time alone and in, in solitude. So mm -hmm. this means to turning off any distractions. So your phone, social media, people, and really dedicated time to be with yourself. Because if you constantly are exposing yourself to information or other people's energy, you actually are not you're diluting your own energy and you're not connecting mm. with the essence of you. Mm. So like any relationship, it's about cultivating and deepening the relationship, which starts with spending quality time together. Ooh, I love that. So you're spending time with you. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the challenges that I hear when I suggest to anyone or everyone that meditation would be a good place to start, they say, I can't do it. I, all I do is keep thinking too much. Any ideas on, you know, I, I have thoughts on that, but mm -hmm. um, like, can you give a little tip on? Yeah, I would say that if, if that's something that is going through your mind, that that's your excuse, and I say that in quotation marks, um, then you're trying to make it look a specific way and mm. you think there's a right way and a wrong way so allow this message to really absorb into your subconscious that there's no right or wrong way to meditate mm. and you the focus and the intention of meditation is not to have thoughts disappear that's not the intention because we always have thoughts but the more that we spend time in silence the less the thoughts will have a grip on our mind and the more we can focus on the little in-between moments. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's, um, there's a book called The Untethered Soul. Mm, yeah, I love it. Michael Singer. I think this is specifically where I got that like, aha. But, um, and I know you know this, but there's, there's really like, there's an essential self, an us, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, that is who we were the day we were born, who will be when we transition, don't know what happens after that. But like, that's, that's our observer. Mm -hmm. And our observers always watching our flesh and blood thinking self and what we're up to. And to me, when we meditate, and are working on quieting that sort of 
like what most people think is this is me mm-hmm. and and develop a relationship with that essential observer self that it to me and i'm gonna we're gonna talk a little about our shared experience with the wee bit of brain surgery <laughs> in a little bit um but yeah i love how you explained that and um that it's about spending time and the more we notice even that we're thinking as if we're listening to something and aware just like you know for watching a movie especially in the theater and it's a really good movie sometimes we forget that we have a body and a self and we're observing the action as if it's real do you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about yeah definitely and so when we meditate it's like we're trying to get in touch with the person sitting in the chair watching the movie Mm -hmm. um, as part of the goal. So love that. Uh, What's the, you said there's a couple of other things. So number two, number one's meditate. Number two. Spending time in nature is really important also. And it has, there are so many studies that show the impact and the effect that nature has on our system. And one of the things that I really liked, I heard recently is the how, similar the trees and the leaves organisms is to our cells. So there's a lot of similarities to the way the human body is and the way a tree is. Mm. I saw an image of a leaf. I don't remember what tree it was, um, but it was a leaf of a tree and it was, the image was comparing it to an embryo at once, like the pregnancy at the specific stage. And it was mm. almost identical. Wow. So yeah. nature has a lot of healing power. And yeah. especially if you, if we put feet on the ground and lean on a tree, that could be the most grounding practice you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, took my first real vacation since the COVID shutdown. And I'd been feeling very flat and just kind of not me and uh coming back I'm like oh yeah life is good let's get into (laughs) it what am I gonna do next I swam in a lake I uh spent the night in this motel uh that was right on the cliffs of Big Sur area um just the driving and and watching the the landscape all of that so Mm, beautiful yeah I love the fact that you just shared about being away on vacation and that also ties in perfectly with the point I wanted to make of the importance of variety so Mm. instead of just doing everything the same way week in week out to really create some type of variety so that way you are taking yourself out from the doing and you're focusing more on the being. So this involves anything that arouses the senses. So mm. things that you can see, feel, touch, anything in the feminine essence. Mm. I love that. And yeah, I've noticed with the COVID shutdown that I've got a routine. And I noticed on this trip that that I wanted to pull that same routine in, you know, this is when I nap, this is how I make my coffee and when I drink it and what I do while I'm drinking my coffee. And there was a part of me thinking, why don't you shake it up and do everything different? Mm-hmm. 
So you just made that point that was like that little, you know, the little voice in me saying, I don't know, maybe routine is killing you here or well, not <laughs> killing me, but you know, yeah. creating some of that uh, flatness. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything else? And then I would also say um, movement is really important because our body is meant to move. And as we are moving, energy moves as well. So if you're mm. feeling stagnant, especially move your body and it doesn't have to be anything rigorous. You don't need to go and do Zumba. You can literally just stretch and allowing yourself to move in a very primal way screaming and do, doing any type of primal sounds is really powerful too because you're releasing whatever is stagnant there mm. okay i love that i think i'm gonna maybe put this on my fridge with <laughs> <laughs> a checklist um are you a big journal fan i go in and out so i go in phases um sometimes i do specific rituals um, around like release rituals that involve journaling. So mm -hmm. I make it all part of a ceremony versus journaling as a thing to check off my list. Okay. Because I, um, there's a book I love. Have you read The Artist's Way? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cameron. Do you so do hard. morning pages? Um, I, I've done morning pages a lot over the course of my life. And I think that the digital age has made it easier to skip it. Mm -hmm. No, I like um, writing by hand. So I have notebooks yes. upon notebooks. Yes. And I'm reading uh, her new book called It's Never Too Late to Begin Again because I'm, I'm always looking at reinventing myself when it's time, you know, as I mature. And, um, and she, once again, she says, first thing is morning pages because it's a way that we're, you know, talked about listening to ourselves and it mm -hmm. is one way that we can hear, um, hear ourselves. And as I was journaling on this trip, I asked myself the question, you know, is there anything I really want right now? Because I have all the things I need pretty much mm -hmm. like not the best, not the fanciest, you know, but like, I love my car, love my house. I've got more clothes than I need, I've, you know, different things. And what popped up as I was journaling was just the word time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that has me kind of marinating on that. What does that mean? So is there, those are, those are great tips. Those are great action items. So is there anything else on your list? Sometimes I also do screaming, and this is one of the first things that I suggest to my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and we, this is, has to do with somatic work that I do. Mm -hmm. We hold so much energy, especially if we're around a lot of people that have very strong energies and we're not mm -hmm. clearing, um, mm -hmm. or if there's any traumatic events that still have a hold on us screaming allows the, that energy to release so even if you don't have anything you want to scream about there doesn't have to be a reason to do it you just mm. do it every single day just scream it out or you can even as i mentioned do primal sounds imagine yourself a tiger and how would a tiger sound so that way oh. you're really <laughs> tapping into the animal in you and you're releasing all of that stagnant energy and I'm watching, I'm not sure if I like it, 
but a TV show, is it Netflix, Hulu called Nine Perfect Strangers. And mm. it's about nine people on a retreat. And one of the activities was exactly what you're talking about. Mm, so, fun. so whoever wrote that uh, is on the same page, you know, whoever wrote yeah. the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's about episode three or so. They they have their meetings in a in a dome, you know, like a G- mm-hmm. yeah. uh, sound dome. Uh, okay, so I would love to talk about your experience with um, like what you learned, but also what, well, anyway, the whole thing about your discovering a tumor and the brain surgery and the healing and all that. And I just want to tell the listeners that I, I don't remember how Anya and I kind of discovered each other in conversation on Facebook. I think that's where it started. Um, but I've had uh, brain surgery. I had a tumor in my sinus and it was so interesting to talk to her about her journey and the similarities and the, the coincidence or the serendipity that we found each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And um, so I'm going to let you share. And I have talked about this a little bit on my show here and there. And mine was uh, eight years ago. Anyway, so what was that experience like? Share about that. <laughs> not sure the right question to say. Tell me a little about your brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, I'll, sh- I'll start talking. And then if you have any questions, feel free to interrupt me and then we can go down a different rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, I had a seizure and I fell on my face. And once all of the tests came back, the doctors saw a five centimeter brain tumor and they decided to operate right away. Mm. And at that point, they, they were preparing us for worst case scenario. So chemo, radiation, a long healing journey ahead. And almost from the beginning, I had this internal knowing that everything is going to be okay. Mm. And I saw that entire experience as a gift. And even throughout the journey, so I was in the hospital for a month. And throughout that entire time, I was saying, I don't have cancer. I'm Mm. having a cancer experience. So I didn't take on the identity of a cancer patient. I just saw it as another experience that is gifted to me. And I was looking for the lessons and the blessings that the experience brought to me. How did you cultivate the kind of ability to see that so quickly as a gift? I I imagine there are people who would be like, no, you know, no, I, it's not. And, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, I appreciate that perspective. And how were you able to come to that so quickly? The short answer is, I don't know. (laughs) And (laughs) once we expand a little on it is, I think that it has something to do with the fact that being in the hospital, I finally received what I was seeking my entire life. Mm. And more specifically, it was the feeling of being seen, being acknowledged, being loved, and a sense of belonging. Mm. 
So in the hospital, how did you feel like what happened where you felt seen and loved? Well, right away, so many people were visiting me, people that I knew as well as complete strangers. Mm -hmm. I was pretty active on social media and I was sharing in the San Diego Conscious Community Group. Um, and I was just sharing my insights of what I was receiving during that time. And I also got really good asking for support. Mm -hmm. So I was sharing how the hospital food is not very inspiring uh, or healthy to say the least. Yeah. And if anybody could be bringing any food or water, I would be so grateful for it. So I asked for what I needed mm -hmm. and that created, and that was also one of the lessons that experience brought. It's the idea that giving and receiving is one of the same. So mm. when I, when I asked for support and the people were able to give to me, they also received a sense of being needed which I think that is very primal human need is to mm -hmm. be needed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was one of my lessons because um, I live alone within my house and I learned to receive same. And I learned that I'm not alone, that neighbors and other you know, friends and colleagues just showed up for me like they did for you. And um, so, yeah, I think a, a lot of people when they have health situations where, they where they're the kind of person that's always taking care of others or at least super independent, it's a, it can be a difficult experience to rely on other people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was probably one of the most vulnerable things and experiences I had to go through. Mm -hmm because I've always seen myself as you know, strong, independent. I don't need anybody, I got it. And so mm -hmm. I was subconsciously creating this separation prior. And then this experience showed me another way of being and relating with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that perspective that giving and receiving, it's all flow. It's, mm -hmm. we, we don't ever give anything away, um, but if we, if we don't receive, we can't pass it on to anyone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, how did your, because what I found is that my lifetime of inner, inner growth really helped me. Um, how did your perspectives and spiritual, personal, entrepreneurial journey support you in this medical situation? I don't think I would have been able to go through it with so much ease mm -hmm. and actually joy and look for the lessons in the experience if I hadn't done so much inner work. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have been possible. Right. And even people and a lot of close friends, they thought that I was delusional and they thought that I'm in denial because of my mindset and because of the way that I saw the entire experience. I was actually happy. And I was grateful and mm -hmm. people thought, and I don't blame them. They thought that I was crazy. You know, you have brain <laughs> cancer. How can you be happy? I was. Yeah. Yeah. But what I found, I love hearing you say that. Um, and I relate to it because I found that all the tools, um, one particular that my sister noticed was the habit of gratitude. Mm -hmm. that whenever I was scared or whenever I was in pain, 
um, I would start listing, well, I've got a great doctor. I've got the money to pay, you know, the, the part that I had to, and I've got insurance to cover the rest. I'm, you know, my sister's here, whatever it was. And then that listing gratitude then just took my anxiety mm-hmm. away. And it was a habit that I developed from years of journaling gratitude and expressing gratitude. My, my big um, challenge is that I, it wasn't sudden it, well, it showed up, boom, you've got this thing, but how it unfolded took a long, long time. I didn't know it was benign for four months. Mm. Um, and from 2010 to 2014, you know, it's a, I was dealing with this and trying to, my surgeon was trying to avoid brain, actual brain surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so learning how to sleep, learning how to, um, I, I do have a mild little anxiety issue in life and learning how to, if I woke up every half hour worrying what to think about and what to do and how to quiet that, that fear chatter. So I could go back to sleep. And so I, I think what I hear you saying um, that I experienced also is that we're in training when we're doing meditating time in nature, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking the life risk of being self-employed and learning to, you know, how to conquer some of those challenges of that, the movement, all of that is preparing us for a time when we need to be not only strong, but um, if we can face life's challenges from that, whether you want to call it spiritual or inner strength place, that it's, it's like we're, we're in training for something we don't even know Mm-hmm. What, 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 you know, what we might be in training for. And that's that such a great, sense? yeah, that's such a great point because all of the daily habits and rituals that one has, it's not just for present day. You're actually, it's like making a deposit into your future. Mm. No matter what may happen, you're ready for it. Yeah. It's easy to sit on top of a mountain or be in a monastery and meditate 12 hours a day with having no interaction with any other humans. That's the easy part. And living in this world and being around people is actually where the actual lessons show up. Mm-hmm. It's how you process and how you navigate whenever you are triggered, mm-hmm. because all of the triggers are actually your friends. And they're there for you to build up your internal muscles and your internal resilience and strength. So that way you could withstand anything. Mm -hmm. Because we're all going to have losses. We're all Mm going to have physical, like right now, we've been in the middle of a collective upheaval that, you know, the the COVID, uh, the damn (laughs) demic, I call it, is you know, we can have all kinds of perspectives. Um, so there's always going to be something people are going to move away. People are going to be sick. People are going to pass away. People are going to come to our lives. Even the awesome things that happen to us are stressful. So internal strength. I love, 
I love that term. So I know um, there's another area that you're really um, big on, which is the power of words. And I don't know if we've touched on that in any way, or um, if that's an, another chapter in this conversation. So can you share with me what, what you mean by that? that yeah, that I believe of... that words have, like there's an energy and a frequency behind the words that we choose to use. Mm. And especially if we say I am or I have and whatever follows, it's the same way of how if you say mantras or affirmations, they work the opposite way as well. So, and this is what I'm being mindful of and also coach my clients on is to really pay attention to the words that you choose to use, because it's literally, it's like you're saying a prayer and you're calling in whatever it is that you probably don't want. Mm -hmm. So as an example, when I was going through this experience, I was very clear on calling it a brain cancer experience mm -hmm. and not say I have brain cancer. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't taking on the identity of a cancer patient. So that was like one, one example. Another example was um, after the surgery, the right side of my body was not mobile. So I couldn't mm. walk. Um, I had to learn how to walk again. And uh, two weeks after the surgery, I learned how to walk again, but the, the right side of my arm wasn't fully mobile. So, and then when the nurses would come in, they would say, is this your weak side? Mm. And I would correct them and I would request for them to call it, no, it's just the less mobile one at right now. Mm. So I, want, I didn't want to label the right arm as weak because then I'm giving it more power and I'm, I'm giving weakness more power. Right, right. So how can people use that power of words in their businesses? I would say being really mindful of the words that you choose to use. So catch yourself anytime you say, I have no money, or um, I'm not talented, or I'm not good enough. So whatever you put after I am, that holds a specific frequency and specific strength. Mm -hmm. So if you still don't believe that you are good enough, you can say something like, I'm beginning to, or I'm mm -hmm. starting to, or I'm committed mm -hmm. to. I love that. I notice and it when I'm in some Facebook groups and I see somebody post this, it, it kind of gets my like combination of, I don't know, coach and something. I don't know what the feeling is, but when somebody says this will never work in my area mm -hmm, or right. nobody will pay this or um, all everyone is blah, blah, blah. And I right, it's limiting. I particularly notice it with colleagues of mine who've been around a long time and they haven't yet embraced the fact that it's a digital world, but that doesn't mean that we can't keep, like they're saying, oh, the reason I can't have, you know, I don't know, a $5,000 portrait sale is, is because everyone's giving their work away. Mm-hmm. And so if he believes that or she believes that, it's true. Right, exactly. Like everyone's not giving their work away. And we don't need every client in the world. So it's like a fine restaurant saying, I can't um, sell my steaks for $30, $40, $50 because people are selling hamburgers for $2. Mm-hmm. 
But if somebody believes that's why, is what I think I'm hearing you say is even just using the words right. can, can be that barrier. And also something else that I like to, sh- I do like mindset shifts with clients is whenever they get in that loop of I can't, I have them ask, how can I? Because mm-hmm. when you ask the question, how can I, then all of a sudden your subconscious starts to come up with all of the ways how you can. Mm. So it's really important to ask the questions so that way your subconscious supports you versus trying to give you reasons why you can't. I'm putting that in bold and I think (laughs) I'm going to tape it somewhere both for myself and for my coaching clients. That's a really good tip because it kind of breaks open that creative part of our brain. Exactly. And, and kind of like swishes right past the fear. Mm-hmm. So you're just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you're a wealth of such brilliance and, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> for being on my show. I knew my that pleasure. this would be really rich. And um, so I have, Let's see, two questions for you. And I want to remind my guests to stay tuned for my wrap up after I ask her the question. So number one, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, find out more about what you offer, or just get even on your mailing list uh, for any goodies that might come their way, uh, how would they do that? My website is velavig.com and for coaching... How do you spell that? V-O-L-O-V-I-Q-U-E. So it's my last name. And it's probably going to be in the show notes Mm -hmm. uh, if you can include that. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's information. So I have a photography site there. And then if you do forward slash coaching, there's information about my coaching. Um, And I'm also pretty active on Instagram. So come find me. It's my full name, Anya Valavik. Okay. And so the the last question is... um, just giving you some space to either share something else that you feel, um, oh, I just really wanted to be sure to touch on this or something like your, your last word wrapping up uh, our conversation. Yeah, um, what I would say is it's important to be mindful of the intentions behind your actions. One of the questions that I invite you to ask yourself is what seeds am I planting? And really tune in whether your actions represent the vision for your life. And if they're Mm. not, then you choose differently. Mm. So if we're paying attention to what we're doing, so seeds can be um, all kinds of things, thoughts, conversations, how we're spending our time. Mm-hmm. What other what other ways do we plant seeds? Yeah, it's your habits. It's the way that you spend your time and your money. So mm. to really see what you value, look at your bank statement from the past month. Mm. Because that will really be a good indicator as to what you value. And if it's not in alignment with the type of life that you want to live and the type of person you want to be, then make the necessary changes. Only you can make them. Mm. I love it. And uh, it, it's a simple statement, but has so much um, 
Well, I'll put it this way. You can bear so much fruit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. It reminds me of last year, I planted tomatoes and um, we were, you know, everyone was in lockdown and my neighborhood, we love to do a little bit of backyard gardening and I had nice crops, but something would eat the tomatoes before I got to them, before they were fully ripe. So this year I chose not to. I'm like, I don't want to feed the neighborhood farmers, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But there were all these seeds in the ground from those tomatoes that were half eaten that I had a better harvest. I had all these volunteers. Mm. So, so there were seeds getting planted that even though it didn't bear much fruit the year that I wanted it to, down the line, two years later, um, my efforts were worth it. So I think I brought that up because sometimes we're doing things that we think, oh, this isn't working. This isn't getting anywhere. But actually we are, you know, like don't give up until the miracle mm -hmm. happens. Exactly. I yes. Yeah. I love it. So I'm glad you're in San Diego and I want to get together with you soon, maybe share, have you share with, with the women's photography group that I'm a part of, because um, yeah, this is good stuff, Anya. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure, it was great to connect with you. You too, wow. Anya, I don't know about you, but I kind of have some tingles. Um, she just has a way of, I don't know, explaining life principles, tools, um, something that, you know, there's just so much depth and truth and her way of expressing herself to me is very inspiring. And before I do my little wrap up, just remind you, before I do my little wrap up, I just want to remind you to go to Lucy Dumas Coaching, Lucy with an I, and there's a book called 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World. And then there is a um, seven tips for finding your ideal clients um, download as well. You could do both or just one, whatever you want. And um, I just am so grateful that y'all are listening. And we're now at 77 countries, which is pretty exciting. Okay. So let's see. I loved that she talked about photographing in a way she calls soul expression photography and paying attention uh, the, or the awareness that it's really vulnerable to be photographed. And also as photographers, we are putting ourselves out there in a vulnerable way as artists, as someone creative, thinking, you know, we're meeting new people and we're, we're like creating a relationship right off the bat. That's pretty vulnerable. She talked about how we need to claim ourselves as artists and answer that deeper calling within us. And she mentioned that our head and our ego are trying to quiet that voice and that it mostly comes from fear. And she, as a life coach, helps people find 
what happened in our childhoods that we're kind of bringing into our present and healing original incidences. So I love that. Um, And she and I are in total agreement that being in business is one of the best personal growth activities you can do, especially as an entrepreneur, because our fears, our strengths, our shadows, our egos, everything's going to come up and we get to dance with them and grow. We get to be curious. Where did this come from? Why am I feeling this? So I love that. Um, We talked somewhat about the imposter syndrome, uh, the dangers of comparing ourselves to others and navigating our inner life by connecting deeper with ourselves. Um, She gave some tips, meditation, time in nature, variety, movement, sounds. I threw in journaling and there's others. And then she shared her, um, just a touch of her journey when they discovered a tumor in her brain and the, the surgery and the recovery on all of that and how she looked at it as a gift. And, oh, you know, that's a pretty emotionally athletic move to see challenges that we're going through, um, big and small as gifts. But because of her work with inner growth and as a self-employed person learning from that, she approached it with peace. And she also watched the words that she said, like she's having a cancer experience, not I have cancer. And that there was something in that process that allowed her to receive more love, be seen by others, get support, um, and understand that receiving and giving are really the same thing. And then we talked about the power of words and how it's important to pay attention to what we choose. And one of the things that she suggested is if we find ourselves saying something that we're not sure uh, could be true or they can't work, that we we change our dialogue and say, I'm beginning to, or I'm starting to, or I'm committed to. And then I loved, and I put this in bold, is um, when there's a challenge that's really seems difficult or impossible and our fear and everything's getting in the way, ask ourselves the question, how can I? And I would love to have you post in the Profitable Photographer private group um, some things that you might ask yourself that question and uh, what you would say to yourself. So I'm delighted that you're listening and I am looking forward to hearing from you all. So please take a minute if you want and go to my Facebook, Profitable Photographer, whatever you want and say howdy. (laughs) Okie doke. Talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.